Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Glad you're with us. It's the Miller and Condon radio program. We take you up until, well, until noon today, each and every Monday through Friday. Trenton here and I are here as we talk sports with you and localize it as best as we absolutely can and we certainly will today a lot of iowa state a lot of iowa they will dominate the first hour of the program alex halstead stops on in here at about oh 12 20 uh 24 7 sports cyclone alert alert.com thank you trent condon uh, alex halstead uh, trent and i will take a long look back at last night's oklahoma state uh, road victory for iowa state as they put one in the win column maybe it wasn't the prettiest of games who cares one and oh for iowa state as they went on the road iowa gets back into big 10 play tonight they're oh and two as we remember the uh, early days of december when the two big 10 games did not go their way they've got an opportunity tonight to take on a boilers team that it's nowhere as good as they were the last couple of years, and of course that has a whole lot to do with guys exhausting eligibility. Vince Edward is gone. The big guy in the middle, Haas, is no longer there. Carson Edwards, um, he's, I don't want to say he's alone on an island. Trent, he's got a little bit of help, but boy, oh boy. Uh, he's far and away their best player by a long way. Yeah, he does a little bit of everything. And, and really for Iowa, a matchup nightmare. Uh, you, you look at the way that these two teams are, a quick 6-1 guy that can get to the rim who guards him. I mean, you got to throw some length, I think, at him. you got to try that. you got to try Isaiah Moss. you got to try Wieskamp at times, McCaffrey. But we know Jordan Bohannon. As good no, as Jordan no. Bohannon has been. Yep. Defense is not a strength. It's not. You're absolutely right, Trent. I, I'm anxious to see a Connor McCaffrey, how much time he gets mm-hmm. on him tonight. Look, the building's going to be, it's going to be incredibly difficult for the Hawkeyes to win. It was going to be difficult to go into Mackey Arena and win in the first place. But when you factor in the, you know, the feelings that will be in that building, the passion that will be in that building as they lose, Really, the face of I, maybe maybe more than college football, maybe college athletics uh, in Tyler Trent, who was such a huge, huge story, and understandably so, and rightly so. And with his passing, and this is the first opportunity since the sad news came our way on January the first uh, that he lost his fight. Um, you know, Purdue is going to have a little bit of extra motivation, and they should uh, to win this one for their. Uh, for their classmate in some uh, uh, some cases. So it's going to be tough to begin with for Iowa. It's a road game. We'll talk to Wade Looking Bill, former Hawkeye. We talked to Wade, well, a whole bunch during the, uh, during the basketball program. Love to pick his brain. Of course, he played at Iowa. He still, um, you know, still has his, um, the pulse of this, uh, the pulse of this team. So we rely on the resource that Wade Looking Bill is. He'll join us at about 1040. We're Chicago heavy in the second hour. We tried not to do it the way this way, but unfortunately, you know, yesterday, Wednesday is David Kaplan's day. As we said yesterday on the program, Cappy's as good a guest as we've got, a big a name guest as we've got. Cubs move the needle in the summer. They just do. It's baseball. College football's not quite here yet. College basketball is just finished. Yeah, we'll talk to Masters and we'll talk to Majors. And thankfully, we've got the PGA moving into the month of May, which is going to be real good for us. And as we said yesterday, Trent and I do NBA playoffs. We do NHL playoffs. Um, 
But we we talk a lot of baseball, and the Cubs move the needle, whether you know they're in good times or bad times, and it's good times for the Cubs. And Cappy's a terrific guest. He's a terrific resource. Uh, he's as close, I think, to the program, to the to the team, not the program, uh, as any media member, quite honestly, uh, in Chicago. Cappy's going to be here today at 11.15. He's brought to us by our friends at centurionstoneofiowa.com, centurionstoneofiowa.com. They uh, provided all the stone for the two fireplaces in the condo we live in at Otter Creek. If you play golf at Otter Creek, you drive by all those condos. All those condos uh, are the the front of them. Um, Centurion stone all over. I think it looks great. It's a great addition to your home if indeed it's time for uh, a little home makeover project. And maybe that's something you hadn't thought of. I highly recommend you take a couple of minutes. Go to the website. I think it'll lead you to the showroom eventually and maybe lead you uh, to Centurion Stone of Iowa in your home. Copy at 11.15. Then Jeff Hughes. He's a real go-to guest for Trent and I over the last couple of years. Well, to be fair, not the last couple of years because the Bears, we would talk. How much Bears would we talk, Trent? Until well, about week what? Four? Yeah. Five? Maybe five. Yeah. And then they kind of fall off the radar a little bit. Which I was fine with. Well, I, you're a Bears fan. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of rub like we'd have a Bears guest on. It would be kind of like rubbing your nose in it, right? <laughs> well, it just it wasn't pertinent. And, no. and as much as I enjoy my teams, I understand that people don't want to hear a Bears fan talking about a 3-10 and 10 team in December. It just mm-hmm. it doesn't make Click. sense. Yes. What else is on? <laughs> Click. Now they're hosting a playoff game. Now they are hosting. Is Matt Nagy coach of the year? I think so. Who else would it be? Andy Reid? Reed will probably get some love. What about in Indianapolis? I mean, don't don't you have to look yes, at right? Yes, you do. I mean, if you're going to say that uh, Andrew Luck is is MVP consideration, and I agree with you. I mean, I'm with you 100. percent Mahomes going to win. Yeah. Um, if I had a vote, it might be Luck, or it might cause me a great deal of angst before I finally checked whichever box I was going to. But yeah, Frank Reich deserves uh, a lot of love, of course. Um, for what he did for that program and where they are, the program, that team, uh, they started one in five, we, we recall. So Jeff Hughes, thebearsblog.com, is going to join us. But Cappy will be more than Bears. Yes, mm-hmm. of course, we're going to talk Bears. We're going to talk Cubs. You think Bryce Harper's an option? I, I, I didn't I believe it before the offseason. Right. But there, there's continued speculation. I, there I don't think it makes a lick of sense with the construction of this team. For the Cubs to do this. Mm-hmm. There are better ways for them to spend their money for the next six, seven, eight years. Oh, and by the way, the third baseman's going to take a big chunk of that because he's doing a couple of years. And who's the face of the franchise, if you will? The 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 guy right now that's beloved. It's Rizzo. Well, it's Rizzo. Yeah. yeah. You got to pay him, right? By the way, I just got married. Did you see any of the stuff on Twitter? You got married over the last weekend, maybe? Boy, uh as you would imagine. What was Cappy at the, at the wedding? No, but uh, <laughs> as you would imagine, uh, no uh, expenses spared sure. for that one as far as uh, looking at some of the social media on it. Yeah, I'm with you, Trent. I don't think Bryce Harper is going to make sense, but we'll talk to Cappy about that. But with Jeff Hughes, he'll join us about 11, what, 30, 1140, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. We will do a whole bunch on the Bears as they get set to, want to say those words again? Playoff football in Host. Soldier Field. Uh, did you give any thought at all to making your way over? I know Lystico is going. I saw on Twitter. I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw on Twitter that Lystico um, tweeted out that uh, he got the letter from the Bears. Dear Mr. Lystico, your order has been filled. Ooh, that's a nice one. Right? I will not be, and I don't think I. I don't think I would. I haven't been to Soldier Field in a few years. As it is, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to put that stink on. Well, 
I haven't seen many good games that soldier throughout the there years. There haven't been a lot in the, in the, uh, in the past few years. So I'll watch it on the TV. I don't blame you. That's what I will do as well. We'll talk a lot about those games. More uh, on the NFL here. Uh, tomorrow we're going to spend a ton of time uh, on the uh, NFL on on Wild Card Weekend, one of two remaining weekends where we actually have football on Saturdays and Sundays. Let that sink in. Uh, before we recap, and we're going to get to Iowa State, Oklahoma State here in just a minute. Enjoyed the basketball game last night. Nice to see Wigington. Nice to see Cameron Lard. Yeah, who I thought played his best game in a, in a long, long time. Probably the biggest story yesterday to come out of it. Uh yeah. Yep, out of the dog, um, not completely out of the doghouse, but he's got a paw out there. Right? He's, yeah, he's digging his way out. You know what else was one of the stories in the game last night for me, anyways? And and I, I remember that early in November, while we were still you know doing our thing, mm-hmm. um, we both kind of what boy, this Halliburton kid might be better than we thought. Yeah, um, Prom's going to have a decision to make. I'm going to get some of these guys back because this Halliburton kid might be better than we thought. Well, I'll, I'll relay the story for people that missed it that was relayed to me. And it was from some people close to the you and I community because he was probably, you and I was probably his best mid-major offer that he had going into the summer before his senior year. They thought they had a great shot to get him. They felt like he would be a player that would be very good at the MVC level. He blew up. Played a couple of great tournaments, got Iowa State offers, a bunch of other power offers afterwards, and quickly committed to Iowa State. And the people said, whoa. Mm. I still don't think Big 12, all right, maybe a guy that develops junior, senior year, but to do this. If he develops before his junior, senior year, Trent, they've really got something. As a freshman, yeah, it's an ugly shot. Not, it is, yeah. It, it, it's it's kind of like Philip Rivers throwing a football yes, type of ugly, right? Great. Yes, that is absolutely yeah. great. It's not pretty. But watching him up close at the Big Four Classic, I was sitting down there. He's got a little John to his game. He talks. He? Nice. He's got that. He's got a swagger. He's He's got a lot Already. of Already. Yes. Uh-huh. He plays much more advanced than a freshman. I enjoy watching him so much. I enjoy this team a lot. Yeah, they're going to be fun. Well, they got their work cut out for them on Saturday. We'll yes. get to that in a second uh, as well. I want to do a couple of things from you. First of all, I want to clean up something from yesterday. As we were talking about our guests, <laughs> our Hawkeye guests that join us. You know who we didn't mention, mention? And shame on me. Because A, I like the man an awful lot. B, we used to pass by each other on the shift change in this very chair right here. Oh, yes. I mean, how did I not say that John Miller joins us every week? Very and true. all of a sudden, I was it almost jolted me out of my chair as I'm watching Nebraska and Maryland early yesterday, and I'm thinking about, you know, what went on earlier in the day and just, you know, um, relishing the opportunity that we got, reliving it and... And all of a sudden, it just dawned on me when wow, we talked about Caker, we talked about Dockerman, we talked about Morehouse, we talked about Camp. Uh, wait, Looking Bill's going to join us to talk a lot. My friend John Miller, I never even brought up his name, and shame on me for doing that. I like John an awful lot, uh, and John will join us, HawkeyeNation.com, on a weekly basis, essentially, throughout football and basketball season. He'll be back in part of the program next week. Sorry, John Miller, as we left you out yesterday. The other thing that we neglected to touch on yesterday from the Outback Bowl was something, Trent, that that had people pulling their hair out because player safety has become a big issue, and rightly so, in both college football and at the NFL level. Um, The running back Hill, who Molly McGrath, the sideline reporter, now, full disclosure, I don't think she's Dr. Molly McGrath, um, in fact, I'm pretty sure she's not. It probably, well, we had Dr. Jerry Punch on the sidelines. Did he work this year, by the way? I don't think so. 
Is the good doctor with us? Oh, I don't don't tell me that. I, I don't uh, know. When you said that, it jumped into my mind. Well, may, maybe that's... Maybe we lost... Nope, 66 years old. Okay, good. Um, but <laughs> but I, no, I, I didn't see Dr. I don't Jerry remember Punch. hearing Dr. This Jerry is not Punch. Dr. Molly McGrath. No. what we're getting to. But, but when, I, when I bring up Molly McGrath, she was the one... And she defended herself on Twitter because her report on the on the sideline during the game was the running back Hill. Um, it was a good player for Mississippi State. I mean, he's, he's look, he's not going to carry the ball, his ball as much as the quarterback, but he is the running back that when they turn to hand off the ball, he's going to be the guy. And there you saw him. I want to say it was Nick Neiman that he ran into. And it seemed like kind of a... You know, away from the play type of thing. It seemed like kind of an innocuous, kind of an innocent play. It's not like he had his bell rung. It's kind of like the two guys just collided. Mm -hmm. Not full speed by any means, but it was awkward. And I'm sure it was Neiman. And then you kind of saw him get up and make his way to the sideline. And he laid on his back on the sideline. And then the official stopped the play. He's on the sideline. He's He's not in the field of play. So I kind of struck me as... Yeah, play on, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, why are they stopping this when you know this guy's on on his sideline? He's being attended to. It's not like he's close to the field of play now. Maybe you know you could say a guy runs out of bounds. He's going to be right there. So uh, erring on the side of caution, they probably did the right thing. But Molly McGrath's report at the time was the that he was laying on his back and remember this he lost consciousness and his eyes Eyes, rolled to the back of his head when you hear that was the whoa moment, right and i didn't hear that wrong i heard that that right right? the exact same thing and as they showed the medical tent yep they showed him i and after her report i I was watching the game with my wife and I, i said to tara i said why isn't he at a hospital? Why, why right. is he in a medical... He's unconscious. His eyes were just in the back of his head. Why do you have him in a tent on a mm-hmm. sideline? Get that kid to a... And then he comes back in. And then he comes back in the game trend. And, I mean, everybody was shocked. I mean, Twitter went crazy, rightly so. Mm-hmm. Not just the fact this was Hawkeye fans wishing that, you know, one of their good players was out of the game. Sure. This was a football player, a college football player, a student athlete, whose eyes were rolling around in the back of his head, and he's back in the game. After the game, LSU put out a report that said they used the word woozy. Well, if you're woozy, what are you doing back in the game? Yeah. Let alone if you're unconscious and your eyes are rolling around in the back of your head. But they said, LSU said he was woozy, but he was cleared to go back in the game. Pat Forty, who's a really good reporter for YahooSports.com, and I follow him on Twitter, and if um, you're a sports fan, um, I recommend, if you don't already, uh, Yahoo Forty, I think, is um, his Twitter handle. Regardless, he, he mentioned the fact that, wow, that's a very different report than ESPN put out. Molly McGrath must have seen that and came to her own defense and said, I was standing five feet away from Hill as he lay on the sidelines. And I know what I saw. Mm. She stuck up in a big way for her own reporting. It's good to see. It is good to see. She was not going to let that one slide by. Now, 40 very quickly backpedals said, I never insinuated that you weren't reporting what you saw. Mm-hmm. I was just insinuating that's a very different report that was put out by LSU. I was shocked by that. That is not, that is not a good look on college football. That is not a good look on college sports of any kind. And, and, and I get it's the SEC. And I know it's easy to, you know, point arrows and shoot arrows at the SEC and they do things differently there. And it's all about getting the, the 
AEW, etc. That was frightening. That was alarming. That was shameful. Hopefully that'll never happen again. Let's move on, Trent. I want to spend a couple more minutes before we get Alex Halstead on here uh, with the game last night. Look, I got to give Oklahoma State credit. They came back. What is a, it was a, I know most games are games of runs, right? Um, <laughs> didn't it seem like there were more runs in that game by 8-0 run, 9-0 run? I know Iowa State had one of their own, but Oklahoma State had those runs. They actually somehow, I mean, I was in disbelief, had the lead going into the locker room. That was shocking. After 20 minutes of this game is tied, please. They were not nearly the team of Iowa State, but... Road victory is always difficult in conference mm-hmm. play, and it, it had that feeling for a long time. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. This is going to be one that slips through the cracks just because of what you said there. Iowa State outplayed them. You look up at the scoreboard, and that's mm-hmm. not what it's showing. But the three by Wigington late. Massive. Just Jacobson, who didn't have, who struggled uh, putting the ball in the yes. hoop. He had a big bucket late in that basketball game. Look, Oklahoma State, I think, has got some players. I was yeah. impressed by McGriff. I think this <laughs> likely kid is going to be a pain in the you-know-what. He didn't score a bunch yesterday. Um, the three-point shooter, his name I'm not even going to try, D-W-A-Z-G-A or something. Um, you know, he had his moments in the game last night. Boynton's got some players, but this is a team that in all likelihood, when it's all said and done, uh, is going to find themselves at the bottom of, of the Big 12. But it was opening night in the Big 12. You know, Oklahoma State was going to, you know, give it their best shot. Iowa State was coming off a, um, what were they off? Almost two weeks. I'm not sure if Oklahoma State had a similar layoff or not, but, um, look, Horton Tucker, who it came out after the game that was perhaps playing with a trace of the flu, uh, not himself last night. He had a disappointing night. There haven't been a lot. In fact, I, this might have been the first uh, one in his career where he's had one of those nights. But I think, as you said, Trent, I think you're right on the money. Cameron Lard was the story of the game last night. He really was. We'll take a timeout. More on this. Uh, Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. He joins us next. We'll do more on that. We will uh, take a look back at the Alamo Bowl as... Um, Halstead was in San Antonio with the rest of the media, Iowa State media covering that game. We'll do a couple of minutes on Iowa State football as well, because kicking and screaming, we're going to leave football behind. I'm not sure I'm getting ready to do that just yet. We get till February. No, nah, we're going to go past that. Oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we'll do that. And Wade Looking Bill at about, oh, he's 20 minutes or so away. Wade Looking Bill, we will preview uh, Iowa-Purdue tonight. Going to be a tough spot for Purdue for a whole lot of reasons. Iowa 0-2 in Big Ten play as they look to put one in the wind column against a Purdue team that is nowhere near as good as they've been over the last couple of years. Uh, is this the night that Iowa can pick them off as a how big of a dog, Trent, you know? Eight is, is it what eight? it was, mm. and since we went on air after I did my update, mm-hmm. it's up to ten. Mm. Maybe your theory. I'm sure it is. I think that, uh, I think, honestly, There's a lot to it. I think Vegas... Um, and not just Vegas now. There's a whole bunch of states that are offering legalized wagering. I think that there's uh, going to be a whole lot of Tyler Trent money on this game tonight. I Might be a middling that. opportunity for your boy TC, too. Oh, mm. you've always got a plan, don't you? Yes. We'll take a timeout. Uh, Alex Halstead next way. Looking bill still to come. Trent and I are here until noon. We're glad you're with us. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We're here with you until noon every Monday through Friday. 
Uh, from 10 until noon, Trent and I talk the world of sports with you. Wade Looking Bill, former Hawkeye, in about 15 minutes. Take a look at Purdue and Iowa as they play tonight. Uh, 6 o'clock is the tip. You can catch the game down the dial on 1040 WHO. Let's uh, recap last night's uh, Iowa State as they move to 1-0 and in Big 12 Conference play. Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert, part of 24-7 Sports. He joins us. We'll also do a couple of minutes on the Alamo Bowl as well. Alex, Trent, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Can you hear me? He's back from San Antonio. Yeah, I bet. So uh, overall, pretty good trip for you? Yeah, good trip. Uh, about a week down there. Uh, got a lot of different stuff throughout that week, and um, obviously an entertaining game there at the end as well. Yeah, no, it really was. You know what? As I think back to the entire bowl slate, it's probably in the top three as, as far as entertaining bowl game. Whether you, whether you rooted for Iowa State or whether you rooted for the Cougars or couldn't have cared less, you're in a conference pool and you live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. If you're a college football fan, you probably enjoyed that game as much as any of the other college games. Yeah, and I think the ratings seemed to match up with it. I think it probably helped that it was the only bowl game on a Friday night. Sure. But, uh, it was the top you know rated program or TV show on that night, on that Friday, and it's, I think, right up there after – uh, after all the New Year's Six Bowls, that's one of the top rated. So I think entertaining from that perspective, too, and obviously the timing and the slotting helps that as well. Alex, you were at the Alamo Bowl. I was told by a little birdie that you also visited the Alamo. Tell us about your experience. Yeah, I've been there before. You know, when Iowa State played in the NCAA tournament several years back, you know, the year George Yang broke his foot. So I'd been there and seen the Alamo from the outside, decided to go in this time, waited the long line, and mm-hmm. uh, interesting to see, you know, there's, there's this guy that just kind of gives the same spiel over and over, and I, my biggest thought was, I, I wonder if he gets sick of <laughs> talking about that, but maybe that's what people think about us talking about sports all the time, so uh, it was interesting to see, and uh, uh, definitely a lot more to do, I think, there than there was in Memphis last year. You know, I'm starting to get the sense, and, and reading Chris at CycloneFanatic.com and uh, listening to you and Dylan, are you in the... Does, does, I, I guess at this point, Butler seemed to be more of a maybe, maybe not than David Montgomery as far as his future plans. It seems like Montgomery's as good as gone to the NFL, and understandably so. He's a running back after all, and you don't have the running backs don't have the shelf life as as any as any other position does in most cases. But is is Butler maybe more of a question mark still at this point? Because I just thought he was absolutely going to go. Yeah, it's been interesting because if there was a point early in the season where I had kind of heard that Butler was probably leaning more towards coming back. That was probably really early, you know, back in September, and I think that's kind of how we entered the season. And then I think as the season went, you know, and he's putting up some of the numbers in in doing some of the different things he did, I think it started to trend the other way. Most recently it sounds like he's probably going to leave, but I don't know if he's made that final decision from the standpoint of I think he really needs to think over the feedback, you know, because – the receiver position, I think that he's seen what happened with Alan Lazard. You, know, you can be projected mm-hmm. in the fifth round and, and drop out, and I think receivers are just so much, there's just so much more at play. Whereas Montgomery, you, know, you look at the wear and tear on his body, 258 carries last year, 257 carries this year. One injury can completely change your career, and he's already probably a top three-round pick. Yeah, I do think he's probably almost for sure gone, it sounds like, um, even in the recruiting circles with some of the guys they're bringing in. So. I think Montgomery's probably almost certainly gone unless he changes his mind. I think Butler's leaning that way, but it's going to be interesting to see what his final decision is when he thinks over some of that NFL feedback. Will they find a scholarship for Braxton Lewis? I kind of think they will. You know, that, that's kind of the next guy in line. Um, right now they are about even on scholarships with the 20 kids they signed in the recruiting class, the attrition they've already had with Zeb Noland and 
Devin Moore and a couple other guys. They're about even with scholarships for next year, but they're probably going to sign a few more, but there's also probably going to be a little more attrition like there is in any college football program. So I think the numbers will probably even out, but he, he is the next guy that gets that scholarship by all accounts. And I think you know by the time we get to fall and they're settling that roster, I got to think he's probably the, the guy that gets it. Alex, uh, you were talking about the wide receiver position and Butler and his decision coming up. We've seen a couple of the guys that are going to have bigger roles next season, Deshante Jones, Tariq Milton, even a little Akers. Out of that young group, though, some of the guys that haven't seen as much, who's a guy that has been creating some buzz with bowl practices or a guy that maybe is going to be that spring superstar at the wide receiver position? Yeah, one guy I think that could be the breakout is Josh Johnson. You know, he's about a five foot eleven receiver. He's actually listed as picking Butler's backup, which is kind of weird to think when you look at Butler at six six and then Josh Johnson at five eleven. But um, he only had one catch for I think eleven yards this year. But you know, I talked to Hakeem Butler about him at the bowl as well, and I've kind of heard his name a little bit. He's a really good route runner. He's, his wingspan is like six two six three, so he's got long arms, even though he's not not quite as big. I think he's a guy that could break through next year at least in terms of getting more touches. And then the two names that are going to be interesting to watch, I think, are going to be Joseph Skates, obviously one of the top-rated recruits that Iowa State's ever gotten in last year's class. He was obviously suspended a couple mm-hmm. times in the season for various things, but he was dressed in, at the bowl game. He's back, I think, in pretty good standing. If he can stay out of trouble and he can do some of the things that they saw in the recruiting process, he could be a guy. And then Sean Shaw you know, was a 6'6 guy out of you know, Norman, Oklahoma, in last year's class as well. Matt Campbell really likes his body and his frame. It's going to be kind of dependent on what does his development look like and what does his body look like by the time they get to fall. You know, we saw Iowa use their tight ends uh, a lot, and why wouldn't they when you've got two first-round picks? I think there's a pro on Iowa State's roster, I do, and his name is Charlie Kohler, and I think we're about to see a whole lot more of him uh, in the years to come. Chase Allen is a really good player. I think the tight end uh, is maybe, and I'm with you, uh, but we really don't know yet, you know, those names you just put out there. There's a lot of buzz around Josh Johnson. Obviously, skates. You know, if he's able to straighten his life out and, and to and to walk the straight and narrow, uh, that remains to be seen. But I think the tight ends are going to play a significant role. And Charlie Kohler, to me, is a kid that we didn't see a whole lot of him, but when we did see of him, he's got a whole lot of potential there. I think he's got pro potential. Quite honestly, he's a big kid. He's six six two fifty. I think Charlie Kohler might be that breakout player that we're talking about this time next year. Is oh my God, what a season he had. Yeah, there was some buzz kind of going into the season that Charlie Kohler might have more of a ceiling than Chase Allen. And not to take anything away from Chase Allen, I think Chase Allen drew the buzz because Iowa State beat Michigan and Nebraska for him in his recruitment. But Charlie Kohler's a guy that got Oklahoma State late, decided to stick with Iowa State. There was a lot of buzz about him. And I agree with you here. You look at our tight ends this year, they combined for 25 catches. I think you could see, depending on how that receiver position shakes out, Chase Allen and Charlie Culver being 20-catch type players, they're going to be the big-bodied receivers for them. You know, When you look at Hakeem Butler, not this year, but last year, he played a lot in the slot, and I think that's what you're probably going to see with these tight ends is one of them might fill that type of role, and it could be Charlie Culver. Um, the other thing that's going to be interesting to watch is Iowa State is kind of starting to vet graduate transfer receivers, and I think mm. if Hakeem Butler does decide to go, the, you look at the recruiting trail in the next month, I don't know if they're going to focus as much on high school kids to fill those spots as they are going to go after veterans to fill some of those spots that they think could be points of emphasis. Um, there are a couple grad transfer receivers out there right now that, you know, if, if you do a little bit of digging, you could probably already start to see some of the names. And I think that's going to be an area that when Hakeem Butler makes the final decision, you could see them push for an immediate impact playmaker to try to help 
go with some of those young pieces. Talk with Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO. Over to basketball last night, a road victory. Certainly this is one when you're looking for road wins that you have to have in the Big 12 this season, Alex. Uh, Takeaway for me, though, I think the biggest is the emergence, at least for 16 minutes last night, Cam Lard working his way out of the doghouse. How about you? Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest takeaways because if if they want to be that upper-tier Big 12 team this year, Cameron Lard's going to have to do more than he had done in his first games in, in December. And partially that's going to be out of, staying out of foul trouble, but also getting the minutes in, in, from Steve Prohm. And, you know, he was kind of the next guy in line after Jacobson. Jacobson played 19 minutes, then Lard 16, and then Solomon Young 5. And they combined mm-hmm. for the 40 minutes there at that 5 spot. And so, you know, you saw a little bit of the hustle that I think probably gets him out of that doghouse a little bit. Uh, he made some plays around the basket. You know, he was one stand out, and I think the fact that they could win on the road when really not shooting well. You know, they went 7 of 16 from on layups. Mayo, Mayo Shadak was 4 of 17 overall. You know, if you can still win on the road, a bleed against a team that you know, is probably going to finish 10th in the league, um, you know, I think that's a big big win for Iowa State just because they haven't won, they didn't win a road game last round in Big 12 play, and that's kind of where you have to start if you want to contend, you know, for those top two, three, four spots. Uh, Zoran Talley last year was really that Swiss Army knife, and I know he battled injuries, etc. Is he maybe um, not the odd man out? But but when when we're looking to, for the you know because there's only so many minutes to go around, and and they got a whole bunch of uh, an influx of new talent, whether it be freshmen or grad transfers that are not grad transfers, transfers that sit out in Jacobson and uh, in Shayok. Might that Swiss Army knife from last year in uh, Zoran Talley might be the guy that sees his minutes decreased, maybe as much as anybody. For sure, and I think that starts with when you look at the minutes spread last night and, and four guys played 30 or more minutes. Linda Wigginton out of those four played at least at 30, and that's basically because you know, he, he didn't seem to play the first five minutes of either half and then played the rest of both halves, you know, still not in that starting rotation. And so when you look at those, that, the minutes last night, it's just where do you find room for more than seven guys? And I think that's where Zaran Talley kind of has fallen out of the picture a little bit, especially when you consider the fact that you know, Tyrese Halliburton still played 39 minutes last night. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker only played 15, but, you know, he was you know, supposedly a little under the weather and he didn't shoot well early. But those two freshmen, I think, have affected Duran Talley a little bit because they're playing at such a high level early on in the season for Iowa State that they've taken minutes that maybe Talley would have been expected to have, you know, coming into the season. So I think Talley's still going to probably have his moments. You know, there might be times where his body makes more sense on the court in various matchups. Uh, but he does seem to be the odd man out in terms of minutes right now. It's, it's almost going to be a situation, I think, where if he comes in, plays well in his first minutes, that Prone puts him out there, maybe he sees extended time. Otherwise, you know, he might be that eighth, ninth guy. And Prone right now might is kind of looking like a seven, eight-man rotation. A quick peek ahead, Alex. Mm-hmm. I know Cyclone fans are doing it already. Kansas comes in. Student's not going to be completely back, uh, but you know that Hilton crowd certainly going to be into it. What do you expect to see Saturday late afternoon, 4 o'clock, with the Jayhawks coming in? Yeah, both teams going into a game that you know Kansas didn't shoot particularly well last night. Iowa State didn't shoot well last night either. So both teams kind of stuck by a little bit. You know, Kansas had to hit free throws at the line to beat a, what I think will be a good Oklahoma team. But it's an interesting matchup, obviously. You know, you got the Lawsons, and um, it, I just think, it's going to be interesting to see how Prome has to play it a little bit differently because there's probably going to be times where he's got to go a little bit more too big. You know, how does Iowa State handle the Kansas front court with their basically three-man rotation of 
Solomon Young, Cameron Bard, and Michael Jacobs. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of interesting matchups. I think getting a road a win on the road kind of gives them a plus one where it's not definitely not a must win, but it would completely probably change the outlook of the season if if Iowa State wins Saturday. It would probably start the hype train a little bit. Who would you say right now if if uh, Cyclone Alert twenty four seven Sports was doing power rankings in the Big Twelve after last night? I mean, Kansas is clearly number one. Texas Tech plays a whole lot of defense. I was impressed by their. They didn't beat Duke, but they held Duke. I think to a season low. Uh, we saw Texas pound K State last night. I think that game was. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, was in Manhattan, was it not? Well, regardless, um, Texas uh, had their way last night with K-State. Who's the second-best team right now in in the Big 12, Alex? That's a good question. I, for sure, obviously, like you said, Kansas number one. I'd, I'd almost put Texas Tech there right now just be, until maybe they prove otherwise. I think that was an interesting game to watch at, at West Virginia. They, same thing, go on the road. And I don't think West Virginia is nearly as good as, you know, for sure they were picked in the preseason or – or any of that, I think their guard play is really struggling a little bit. And Kanate was out too, which certainly doesn't help. Yeah, and so, so that's they're not maybe a great situation, but Texas Tech, like you said, I think their defense is going to call spit for a lot of people, and they've been a lot better than I even thought maybe going into the season. I'd say, I'd, I'd say maybe right now Kansas, Texas Tech, then Iowa State. Texas, like you said, looked really good last night against the depleted Kansas State team, but so far it's taking out a lot different than I think yep. those preseason bulls showed. No question. Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert, 24-7 Sports. Alex, thank you. Uh, you're a great addition to the program. Glad to have you aboard, and we'll do this on a weekly basis with you. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Alex Halstead. Chiming in as we take a look back at last night. Uh, well, I take a look back at the Alamo Bowl as well uh, here with Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We're coming back. Wade Looking Bill will join us. We will take a look ahead to Purdue and Iowa tonight. The number is 10, Trent. Up to 10 Up rising. To 10. Does it does it plateau there? Or what What do you see? I could see some more movement. Yeah. I really, and after I did a little research and I saw almost, I, I did a Google News search of Iowa Purdue, mm-hmm. and there were four or five articles from Indiana nationally mm-hmm. about the Tyler, uh, the Trent Tyler connection that you talked about earlier. Yeah, um, it's big, it's huge. It was a big, big story. As big yes. a story as we saw, I think, in 2018, yeah. collegiate sports more than football. Somebody corrected me yesterday. More than a, just a college football mm-hmm. story. Take a time out. We'll come back. Wade Looking Bill, former Hawkeye, joins us next. As we continue on here, it's Miller and Condon. We're glad you're with us on 1460 KXNO. I don't Can't say I've ever heard this song, Trent Condon. This is a hit from my college days. Is it? Yes. I didn't know if it was a bump to a commercial or if this was actually back on the air. This is something you could uh, groove to, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) The groove days are way, way back in the rear view mirror. Let's talk Hawks. Uh, Wade Looking, Bill, former Hawkeye, joins us. It's Purdue. It's Iowa. Iowa's 0-2 in Big Ten Conference play so far this year. Going to be a tough spot, Mackey Arena. Whole lot of emotion uh, and passion in that building. Uh, just, what, two or three days removed from the uh, sad passing of uh, Tyler Trent. Wade joins us. Wade, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Wade Looking, Bill? I'm really good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Before we get into tonight's game, tell us your memories of Mackey Arena. Yeah, it was a, it was a great place to play. You know, it's it had that it has that raised floor, so that's always a little funky. You know, not being the Big Ten, Minnesota's like that, but right. Purdue is also, so that's a little funky. 
um, when I was there, they had, you know, they had the big dog. They had just, mm. they were really talented. And, and I tell you, it gets loud in there. And the one thing with Purdue, whether it was Gene Cady or now Matt Painter, is they will guard you and they will be physical. And that's one thing Iowa has to deal with tonight. Did you like to play against Katie coach teams? I mean, what was the calling card, I guess? You knew when you played Purdue coach by Gene Katie. Defense, sure. But what, I mean, any Katie stories? You know, he was, he, he was just one of those old school icon guys. I mean, it was, it was, um, Judd Heathcote at Michigan State, mm-hmm. Bobby Knight, obviously, Katie, Lou Henson. They were all kind of that same, Mold now, you know, Katie and Knight were similar. They would just yell and scream the whole game, but just storm up and down the sideline. <laughs> and then um, it was always his hair too. It was the <laughs> yeah. craziest thing with his hair. Yeah. And then his his wife was a really interesting woman too. And it just was kind of part of the. You would always talk about Katie's hair, and then his wife sat right behind the bench hmm. and. She had a lot of makeup on and had big <laughs> hair, and it was it was just kind of part of the part of what you got on the trip. <laughs> That's good stuff. You know, Trent and I talked earlier, Wade, as to you know, obviously Carson Edwards doesn't have the supporting cast. He's, Vince Edwards is gone. Of course, Haas no longer there. Uh, Carson Edwards. He's almost a one-man team this year. He really is, and and this is this this Purdue team is nowhere near as good. We don't think as they've been in the last couple of years. Carson Edwards, if and it's a big if, if they're going to shut him down, who's going to do that? Who will uh, Fran McCaffrey decides going to? Maybe, maybe it's going to be a cast as as the game goes on. But but who do you think will get first chance to try and limit Carson Edwards? Well, I it's going to be uh, Jordan Bohannon first, but I I think it's going to be more. Isaiah Moss, and then um, Connor mm-hmm. McCaffrey off the bench. I don't think they can handle him with just Jordan. And that's that's nothing against Jordan. But, you know, Carson Edwards is a special player. He's like, he's like I don't know if he's like Chris Paul, but he's just almost kind of short and stocky. And um, he's just a tough kid because he can post you up, and he's shooting it real well from three. You know, he's, he's averaging 20 shots a game. He's scoring 25 points a game. He's been their leading scorer every single game. And he's getting up 20 shots a game. So let's say he's going to get his average. He's going to get 25 tonight. But can Iowa force him to take 27 shots instead of, say, 18? Because he's going to keep firing it. Because he is their probably their first, second, maybe their third option <laughs> offensively. You know, Wade, when you look at Purdue, you talk about Edwards. But as a whole, they shoot a lot of threes. Iowa's been much better defensively against the three-point line this year. And doing it with some zone defense What's different from Iowa? Is it simply guys that are just out there working harder on the defensive end? What have you seen why Iowa's been better guarding the three-pointer? I I think they're mixing it up more. I, I, I thought last year Fran maybe stuck with the man-to-man too long, and I think he's doing a really good job this year switching up defenses. You know, he'll, he'll start man-to-man. He'll play that starting five through the first TV timeout, and then he'll bring those guys in off the bench and that's when I think he starts to switch defenses. He'll go that 2-3 or that 1-3-1 one, one kind of uh, half-court trap to slow the game down. But I think that's going to be a real key tonight is if they can get you know, Nicholas Bear on one wing, maybe Isaiah Moss on the other in that zone, and you've got to find those shooters because Edwards can shoot it and that, that Ryan Klein can shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what Purdue, Purdue, Purdue does not have a lot inside. They're not a great rebounding team this year. Boy, this is a game Iowa really needs to get to get one of their 
you know, three or four road wins in the Big Ten. No doubt. And a Nebraska team that uh, got upset last night by Maryland getting set to make their way over to Carver on Sunday. Uh, back to these next two games, very telling as far as uh, this Iowa team. What are you seeing different about Tyler Cook? You know, he flirted with the NBA. He uh, went through the process, uh, and good for him for doing that. Uh, he seems like he's, uh, I don't know, more focused might be unfair, but he seems to be... More maybe leadership role out of Tyler Cook so far this year. What are you seeing, Wade? I I think you're right. I I, I think last year he just offensively he was just he was just really stagnant. Now it's athletically he's a freaking eight to it. That left hand coming at you just he embarrasses some people at the rim. But this year he's he's facing the basket. He's bringing the ball up the court. Um, but he, but he's not forcing it. You know he's he's trying to drive because he wants to prove to the NBA scouts he can play facing the basket, but he's not forcing things. And I think he's playing much better defense this year, and he's rebounding a lot better. You know, last year, there was, even this year, there's there's just no reason why he shouldn't average eight, nine, eight or nine rebounds a game because he's that that athletic and that strong. He just he just got a little better shape, I think, too. He, he looks a little thinner in his upper body. He just is an all-around better player. Speaking of guys that tested the waters, Isaiah Moss was the other one. Didn't get a, a sniff of a look from anybody, but... He has come back, and his playmaking has been much better. We have always known that the guy can shoot it. There seems to be more of his game, but the number one thing when you talk about Isaiah Moss you have to talk about, in my mind, is consistency. Now a junior, are you seeing that consistency start to come a little bit more with Isaiah Moss? Not really. I don't think so. He is the strangest player. <laughs> yeah. In that half against Iowa State, he had, what, he had 18 or 20 in the first half against really good guards of Iowa State. Um there are stretches where he looks like a first-round NBA draft pick, mm-hmm. and then, and then he'll have three points the next game. Um, you know, there's, there's times when he can shoot the ball like crazy, and then he comes down and finishes at the rim. Um, I don't know. You know, when they when they recruited him, you know, he's from he's from Simeon, he's from Chicago Simeon, the public school, and they thought Isaiah was going to bring some of that public school toughness, mm-hmm. you know, Chicago public school toughness, and he's just kind of being just a real quiet kid he's a really good kid they, they love having him on the team but it is just the strangest thing because he there are stretches where he's the best player on the court and then and then there are stretches where he he's, he's just non-existent so i think he's going to be a key tonight too because i think it's you know tim and connor and probably Wee's camp a little bit maybe bear have got to slow down carson edwards mm-hmm. he can't get he, he can't get 34 tonight for, for Iowa to be successful. No, wait, I want to ask you, away from tonight's game, you mentioned, you know, Heathcote to Michigan State. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the, your Katie memories. You also mentioned Bobby Knight. Did you see the 30 for 30 Bobby Knight piece that came out within the last couple of months? Have you seen that, Wade? I did. I did. What did you think? You know, it was interesting. It, it was all kind of old news. Right. It wasn't anything um, really just that was, that was different or new, but... It was just kind of a of an interesting piece because I I kind of lived part of that and was around for some of that. Um, I had forgotten that all those some of those players had, had passed away. I just yeah. had forgotten about Neil Reed and then mm-hmm. Eric Anderson, who's my age, just passed away a few weeks ago. You know, those are some great Indiana players. That that Jason Collier, who transferred out, also has passed away. Um, but that whole thing was just it was kind of a I don't know if it's a good reminder or a bad reminder, but that is. That era is gone. Mm, thankfully, we'll never see. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. Because he just, um, 
You can't treat people like that. His power that he had was maybe his my biggest takeaway, and, and, and this shouldn't surprise me, and it, it really, I guess it doesn't surprise me, just the power that he wielded, the whole Neil Reed piece to it, too. And I'm glad you, you know, reminded me that, yeah, he, he passed away, and that's why, obviously, he wasn't a part of the document. I thought it was really well. I, I was I was fascinated by it, Wade. And like you said, we knew the stories, at least we thought we do, but it just it reminded you as, as the piece went out. I thought it was great. Yeah, and then, you know, I got to know some of those players. You know, you back then you'd play everybody twice, and most of the, most of the Indiana guys were from Illinois or Indiana or the Midwest. You kind of played against them growing up. But I tell you, the uh, guys that stayed all four years loved Bobby Knight, and it just is the strangest thing to me because you see, you see Neil Reed's mother is in, is in tears mm-hmm. just by the way her son was treated, this this young man who loved basketball and just had that taken away from this bully. But the guys that stay four years, you know, and, and even in, in the in the in the piece they talked about, you know, guys were still backing him up to to the very end. To the very end. Um I don't know. It just it was really strange. Wade looking Bill joining us, Miller and Con and IKXNO. Wade, final thing for me, you mentioned big dog at the beginning as Iowa gets ready for Purdue tonight Purdue tonight. Was he the best player that you played against in college? He was really good. He was really good. I, I, I had 16 against him at Purdue. Nice. Um, yeah, how about that? How about that? But now, now he had 34 against me So <laughs> that same game. So, you know, you can look at it both ways. Minus 18 um, in, the, in the plus minus. Yeah, he was really good. He was he was one of those first big two guards. You know, he's 6'8", almost 6'9", but could handle it, athletic. Thick. Um he was really good. Um, I thought I thought Stevie Smith from Michigan State going going way back. He was again that big point guard, six 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 seven. Um, any of those combo guys, uh, Jimmy Jackson was kind of in that same mode. Those guys were so dangerous because they could handle it, you know, get to the rim, and, and at the time could could shoot it pretty well. But those are probably the three just 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 from the Big Ten that, that come to mind. Uh, last thing, Wade. Uh, well, what, three games into the Big Ten. Now, who's the best team in the Big Ten so far? Is it Michigan State or is it Michigan? Michigan State again last night. I don't know. They crushed um, Northwestern. I, I did. They did. I, I think it's one of those two. Yeah. Michigan's really good. That that Canadian kid. Brasdikas, I'm glad you mentioned him. He's my I guy. Wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to say his name. <laughs> I, I thought you'd be rooting for that for him. But um, they're really good at home. You know, I, I just it's I just think you have to survive the Big Ten. You know, if like like for Iowa, Iowa's got to go ten and ten. So that means they have to go ten and eight here the rest of the way, and they they have to go ten and ten. You know, teams like Michigan, Michigan State, they're barring some catastrophic injury, they're all going to get in. You know, so Michigan, Michigan State are good. Um, Nebraska's still playing pretty well. Maryland, Indiana's getting better. You know, think about where. Where's Iowa going to get a road win? Yeah, you know, there's point. even Penn State battles at at Penn State. Northwestern's down, Illinois's down. Um, but I I think it's Michigan, Michigan State, and then and then everybody else. Wade, great to have you back on. Look forward to doing this if your schedule allows. On uh, you know, if not, hopefully a weekly basis. Thank you, Wade. Looking yeah. Bill, our program's better guys. when you're Good on time. it. Thanks, pal. Appreciate Good to it. talk to you. Thank you. Yep. Wade, right. looking Bill, joining us here is we Purdue uh, preview Purdue and uh, Iowa six o'clock tip. You love these early Oh, starts. are you kidding me? This is outstanding. Now, I don't know if there's a hockey game late. My Tomorrow oh. night, Jets play tomorrow. How sweet is that? No, uh, How are the Jets doing? I haven't paid attention for a month now. I think they're still in first place in the West. 
It's pretty good. That's really good. Especially I mean, when you're handing me future wagers. Yeah. You're going to cash one of those ones. I got a few hockeys. I know there. you do. Uh, we will come back. A lot of Chicago talk in the second hour of the program. Uh, we had a plane ride, a plane ticket that moved from th- Friday to Thursday. So we want Jeff Hughes on the show. So we're going to talk to him today. We're also going to talk to David Kaplan. So if you like Chicago sports, well, our show's for you. Uh, Cappy coming up at about 11.15. Trent and I until noon. Glad you're with us. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Fourteen sixty KXNO.